Welcome to Equipus Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Oh, hey guys, you can take a seat, you can take a seat. Um, uh, Jeepers. So, uh, if you don't know me or you've never heard me talk before, uh, you know that I like need to write things down or else I mumble or I cry. And uh, I didn't even get up on stage tonight and almost cried. So um, uh, we'll see how the rest of it goes. Um, uh, tonight I was quite nervous to talk to you guys because I, wanted to, I want to share something that's uh, really close to my heart. I've been grappling with it for the, like, Maybe like the past month, our youth have heard me talk about it a lot worse than I'm going to talk to you guys about it tonight. Um, They're very gracious towards me, but I remember this morning that the gospel is a simple gospel. The good news is simple, but the impacts are significant, transformational, and intimate. And so, I don't need it. Uh, Yeah, it's something that I fully believe in, but you guys can take it back and debate it in your own time, preferably while I'm not up on stage. (laughs) Yeah, so who am I? Um, My name is Leah. I am from Wellington. Good times. I'm from a little place called Nainai. Yes, in the ghetto. Anyway, um, I'm the youngest of three. Uh, I have two amazing older siblings. One is Anna. Oh, I actually have three older siblings. One is not my blood. It's uh, So, Kale and Anna, they're my eldest siblings. Um, and then I have an older brother called James, and he is so awesome. He's back up in Wellington, and my parents are still there. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. We went to a Baptist church, up the Baptist kids. Um, we... Our family in the holidays loved to go on road trips. If we went on a road trip, my dad would make us walk up a hill, at least one hill every holidays, and it was the worst experience of my life. But here we are with the physique today. All right. (laughs) No, we love to go on road trips, and um, we listen to a lot of Jesus music. Um, And so I'm going to chuck a few names out there. If you know them now, I'm really sorry, but you have to call yourself old. Uh, my sister reminded me last night that people who are 21 and in the Super Rugby now are not young. They are, I'm just old, and I think they're young because they're my age. Um, so anyway, a few artists that we used to listen to, a band called Mum's Dollar, oh, oh, Christian Screamo, jeepers, Family Force Five, oh. <laughs> Newsboys, yeah, oh, yeah, we're yep old. Um, Rapturacus, ooh, Masterton kid, Masterton kid, upper hut. Anyway, um, put it <laughs> And finally, this guy still makes music. Toby Mac. Do you guys know who he is? All right, if you guys know who they are, you're like old. Um, and to me, like back then when I was a kid, they weren't that old, but because Toby Mac and the lead singer of Newsboys was in a band before they were the Newsboys and Toby Mac. Does anybody know what that is, what that band was? Michael Tate and Toby Mac, what, what was it? DC Talk. Do you guys know DC Talk? All right. Now, I know that uh, 
I was old because I remember that, and it was they disbanded before I was even born. Um, but listening to old Christian music, it's like you, you look at it today and you're like, that would definitely not pass on the radio today. Can I read you out some lyrics? Okay. This is a lyric to one of their songs, Extra Points, if you know what song it is. I saw a man with a tat on his big fat belly. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> that was quick ass. <laughs> Talk to the hosting team. All right. Um, anyway, I saw a man with a tat on his big fat belly. It wiggled round like marmalade jelly. It took me a while to catch what it said. Because I had to catch the rhythm of his belly with my head. Jesus says is what it raved in a typical tattoo green. Is that it? <laughs> he stood on a box in the middle of the city and claimed he had a dream. So um, for all the youngins in the house, that song is called Jesus Freak. And uh, when I heard that song, that was when I absolutely knew that Christians were weird. <laughs> um, but anyway, I got baptized when I was about 16, and I haven't looked back since. And the only thing I can kind of relate that to is the verse before <laughs> the verse before that it says separated I cut myself clean from a past that comes back in my darkest of dreams been apprehended by a spiritual force and a grace that replaced all the me I've divorced and so um this term in youth we've been talking about who Jesus is and who are we in Jesus and this uh the Bible says that we are a new creation and so that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about tonight. We are a new creation. And not necessarily how that happens, but how we can set ourselves up for it to happen. Um, and so the scripture is found in 2 Corinthians 5. And I just want to give you a little bit of background on 2 Corinthians, so, or just Corinthians in general. So Paul started up a church in Corinth. Everyone say Corinth. It was made up of both Jews and Gentiles. So people uh, that grew up in the chosen people of God and um, the Gentiles who were made chosen by Jesus. Cool? Jews and Gentiles. Uh, there were a lot of arguments after Paul had left, after he had created the Church of Corinth. And so he wrote a, a letter called 1 Corinthians uh, to the Church of Corinth. And that really talked about uh, spiritual, the spiritual superiority of the cross. Ooh, <laughs> sexual misbehavior, eat. Uh, divisiveness, and so much more. There was a lot more. But pretty much um, everything that, or almost everything that Paul wrote in that letter was rejected by the Church of Corinth. They were like, no, nah, we don't agree with that. Uh, you're wrong. The church that Paul started up, he, they were like, no, you're wrong. And so Paul hears this and visits Corinth, um, and he calls it the painful visit. The painful visit. Could you imagine if Paul came to our church? I really, I really hope it wasn't called the pain. He wouldn't call it the painful visit 2.0. Um, anyway, so the church, he turns up and he says, uh, and the church says, who are you to say that we are doing things wrong? You're poor. Most of the time you're homeless. People are always trying to come at you. Like, where's your authority to speak to us? Who do you think you are? And so here in 2 Corinthians, Paul is reminding them that it's not about what we look like or the flash stuff or what's going on in our life that makes us whole but or gives us authority, but who we are found in. And um, 
what Jesus did on the cross. And so this is where the scripture comes from. Are you with me tonight? Awesome. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15 to 21. Awesome. Okay. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Cool? Awesome. Awesome. So, a new creation. It sounds awesome, right? The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And I know I am particularly thankful for this because I was not the girl you see today. I was the kid that was too honest for her own good, and we all know somebody like that. Uh, I was the kid that knew where to make people hurt the most. I was the kid that used to make the teacher cry. Uh, One time I told them that they weren't a good teacher, and uh, I got sent to my mum, who was a teacher at my school. Anyway, um... I knew exactly where to get people and when I wanted to, I would. But today I stand before you as a girl who still probably knows where to get you, if I know you, and, um, but I won't because my heart loves to love. Why do I love to love? Because I have met love. I am called love and I am called to love. Why am I called to love? Because God loved me first. And I have been given this message of reconciliation, like that scripture said, by Christ himself. To know that Jesus sacrificed himself just so that I could stand in his love for eternity. The gospel is an intimate gospel. And so to love is second nature now. Sometimes it's, it's hard, <laughs> but it's, it's second nature now. I've been made a new creation. And so this understanding of a new creation is something that I, like I said, I tackled with our teenagers because, yes, we are all about intimate moments with the Holy Spirit, but we are here to wrestle and meditate. And through the whole process, we call upon the Holy Spirit to show us the heart and the character of God through Scripture, right? So while we do that, let's just pray because I know that I stutter a lot and I am really just praying that the Holy Spirit blocks that out for you guys, all right? So (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you loved us. You still love us, God. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, you would help, you would show, and you would just, yeah, remind us of who you are. Reveal to us your character. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, a new creation. How does it happen? I was trying to figure it out, and I came up with this. We can't do it ourselves. (laughs) It's not us. It's not us that does all the work to change us. It's through Christ. It's by the blood of the Lamb that we have found freedom, restoration, fullness of life, and that never changes. But I believe that we can set ourselves up to be changed. We can put ourselves in the best, like 
the best position, like, the best position to be changed. And I believe it's through relationship that we are regenerated. And it is through the receiving of faith that we can become a new creation. Cool? You with me? Everyone say relationship. It is the old, oh, jeepers. Everyone say relationship. It is only through Christ that we have been not only redeemed and made whole, but made new. Like I said at the beginning, the gospel is simple. John 3, 16 uh, and 17 says this. Ooh. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And God did not come to condemn but to save. That's, yep, yeah, I don't know if that's the exact words, but that's what it says. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. So I think sometimes we can confuse our relationship with Jesus with our relationship with the church, a.k.a. religion. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, so, and I definitely think that religion and relationship, two very different things. Um, and when I looked up, like, the root word of religion, it talked about, like, an obligation to things. And I look at it as an adherence, like a, a blind adherence almost, so I decided to come up with my own definition, just because I think I know everything. Anyway, um, so I think religion is an adherence to attitudes or tasks that make us feel morally fulfilled. And so my question here is, is that what Jesus died for on the cross? No. Everyone say no. He died for a relationship with us individually. He didn't die so that we could just... Um, I don't know, come and sit blankly in church on a Sunday morning and tick that off. He didn't die so that we could go to church on a Sunday and then just take him home and plonk him on the couch and pick him up before you go to church the next week. He didn't die for that. He died so that we could sit on the couch with him and have a conversation. You know, we get, we, to get to know his character, he died um, so that we could get to know how he moved and how he sees us. He died so that we could stand in his presence. He died so that we could know his love. And I, I view um, a relationship, like our relationship with Jesus, like a relationship um, between two friends. Uh, we have these two girls in our youth that um, last year, around this time, they didn't know each other from a bar of soap. Uh, but... They just decided that one day they were going to become friends. And the more they hung out with each other, the, the more they uh, started to talk the same, the more they started to laugh the same, the more they started to think the same, the more they started to look the same because they were wearing each other's clothes, <laughs> the, more they, the more they knew uh, what the other person was thinking from across the room. Because they spent more and more time together, they got to know each other's character. They actually started to become similar. And I think that the more time that we spend with Jesus, the more we work on our relationship with him, the more we become like him. We don't just get to know him. The more we become like him, we become a new creation. It's only through a relationship with Jesus that that whole process of becoming a new creation can start. There's no other way. Nobody else goes to the Father except through him. It's only through a relationship with Jesus that we can become new. Cool? You with me? 
Awesome. So everyone say regeneration. Awesome. So through this relationship, we have access to this new creation. Verse 17, do we have that there? By any chance? I can. I'll just read it. All right. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has become, become, begun, jeepers. We can get so used to being called covered, redeemed, reconciled, justified, made whole. And that's so true. We are those things. But I think we can forget about the being made new part. And if we do remember it, I think we glamorize it too much. It's, it's not as glamorous as it sounds, <laughs> I don't think. Because we're like, sweet, all the things I've done wrong in the past, all the sin, it's gone. I can start fresh, which is true. That's not wrong. But when it comes to starting fresh, do we go right back into what we were doing before? Why? Why is it? And I think it's because we like to ask for forgiveness rather than to ask to be changed. I like to ask for forgiveness more than I like to ask for permission. So I like to ask for forgiveness more than I like to ask to be changed, right? And I think it's because if we ask God to change us, it would mean having to let him into our deepest, darkest insecurities. It would mean having to admit that there are parts of ourselves that are actually downright ugly. It could also be things that we are just not ready to let go of yet. You know, like those jokes that we make about others. They might, they're just too funny to let go of, but they're actually hurting people around you. The habits that we have are just too ingrained in who we are. We've been doing it for too long, so we can't let it go. It's part of us now. The reputations we've created for ourselves are just too fragile. I've worked too hard to build these, this reputation up. If I let it go now, all my hard work was for nothing. The parties are just too fun. The gossip is just too interesting. Pity City is just too comfortable. To give it all up, mm, absolutely not. That's not for me. And I was definitely in the Pity City boat. Uh, a lot of you will know. Um, but one day I was listening to the podcast called, it's called Live No Lies, and it's really, it's, it's pretty insightful. Um, and it was talking about hate and how it is completely against the nature of God to hate. Why? Because God is love, right? And this really confused me because I, the, like this passage, for some reason, just out of nowhere, I had this memory that I don't normally have um, of a verse in Luke 14 where Jesus is talking to the crowd and he pretty much says, um, if you want to follow me, you have to hate everyone else. Um, your mom and dad and your wife and your children and all of that, all of that jazz. If you want to follow me, you have to hate everyone else. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you told us to obey our parents. I'm pretty sure you told us to love God and then love people. Why are you telling me to hate people, hate my mom and dad? But as I looked into it, Jesus isn't being specific there. He's talking about the world. He's talking about the culture of society. If you want to follow him, you have to hate the ways of the world. And that's a really hard thing to do. Why? Because we live in the world. Because we're in the system. <laughs> 
And so just to be like, you have to hate that, come and follow me. You have to leave all of that behind. You have to leave the gossip behind. You have to leave the parties where all your friends are at behind. You have to leave the reputations behind. You have to leave the habits behind, those jokes that are really funny. You've got to leave them behind. Why? Because if we want to follow Jesus, we have to hate the ways of the world. We've got to love. And if that means hating what other people do, all good. You don't have to participate in that. But you still have to love them. Are, are you with me tonight? Awesome. And so it's also when we throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that entangles us, we can transform into people that God made us to be. We can transform us into the creations that are meant to run the race that God has planned out for us. We are to be created anew. Um, tonight is really short. Kate, do you reckon you could jump up? Thanks. <laughs> Just call you out in the middle of the... This is Kate Ware. She's a really great boss. She's um, a really great piano player. I found out that she plays the flute tonight. I won't tell them about the rap group. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, everyone say relationship. relationship. Everyone say regeneration. And the final thing was, are we ready to receive by faith? So, I said at the start that it is only through Christ that we can become these new creations. And I believe wholeheartedly in that. But we need to be ready to receive the faith that it takes to be the new creations. And you might be thinking, Leah, like how much faith is that? Like, do I need to go get more? Or like, is what I have, like, do I have enough in my food? And I would say, to be honest, I don't know. But <laughs> the Bible says that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. And I feel like moving a mountain is way harder than becoming a new creation. Like, I know I can change. <laughs> I've never seen a mountain grow legs and move. <laughs> but I've seen people change, right? And so your faith can be this big. Who was here when we had to get mustard seeds out of, out of a tiny little thing? I lost it on the way back to my chair. It's so small. I don't know if you can get much smaller than that. But if that little thing, like literally minuscule, can move a mountain, how much, like how little does it need to change me? The Bible says that it is by grace through faith that we have been saved. And so I believe that by grace through faith, we can be made new. And that's where I come back to those lyrics. Separated, I cut myself clean from a past that comes back in my wildest of dreams. Been apprehended by a spiritual force, aka God's love, and a grace that replaced all the me that I've divorced. The grace comes in, the love comes in, it changes you, it does something in you. But you have to have the faith to receive that. It's by God's grace that we can be made new. And I don't believe 
that having more faith is the way to go about it. But walking with the faith that you already have, that's the challenge. My grandfather used to say that um, to, that faith without actions is like a car without wheels or gas. You know the car can get you places, but until you get in and turn that bad boy on, you're not going anywhere. It's the same with faith. You know that Christ has made you new, but the challenge is to walk with that faith. It's to walk like a new person. It's to think like a new person, to talk like a new person, to go into new places. That's the challenge. I don't think the challenge, well, actually the challenge for you might be your doubt. Has God even made me new? I've known God all my life. I've known the stories. How can I be made new? <laughs> He's been there all along. The key is, is that we never, if we are becoming new, we never stop becoming new. It's an ever-changing process. Can't stay the same forever. Can't stay the same height. You either grow or you shrink. <laughs> Question is, what are you going to do? And so there are a few things that I'd like to pray for tonight. If we could get the team up. There are a few things I want to pray for tonight. One is going to be a relationship with Jesus. If you've never uh, given your heart to Jesus, or you have and you've just plonked him on the couch on a Sunday, you pick him up before you go to church again, and then you plonk him back on the seat. If you want to sit there and talk to Jesus, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, that's the first thing we're going to pray for. The second thing we're going to pray for is regeneration. If you feel like you have given your heart to God and you've been doing this walk with Him, but there are parts of your life where you just cannot give over. I don't know if it's because you're in a leadership role and you feel like people expect way more from you and you don't want to disappoint people. I know that was my problem. Or... Maybe you're really new to this walk and you were like, oh man, I really just thought that I could sing these fun songs on a Sunday. <laughs> I've already given Jesus my life, but now I have to give him this part of me too. The answer is, yeah, well, yes, you do. <laughs> That's what it's all about. To become new, we go down into those deep, dark places and we offer it up to God. We say, Jesus, come in, make me new. Show me a new way of doing things. And then that leads me to the final thing we're going to pray about is the receiving by faith. If you feel like you've got doubt in your life, if you feel like you haven't been walking out your faith, uh, like you've been made new, we can pray for that. We have a team of highly capable prayers here. <laughs> and so if you want prayer for that, it's what we're here for. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.